0: I think we found someone new to blame for USC's troubles in 2023. Let's blame the schedule makers. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making the Locked On USA your first listen every day, part of the Locked On Network. Whether you're listening to this show on YouTube or wherever you download your podcast, this show is free. I appreciate your support. You could show your appreciation. If you are watching on YouTube, click that red subscribe button, hit that thumbs up button, and also don't forget to hit the bell notification. That way, you don't miss an episode. Today's episode is brought to you by PricePix. Go to pricepicks.com. For slash Lockdown College and use code Lockdown College for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Daily fantasy sports made easy. So I had some spare time today, and I was listening to Joel Klatt on his podcast. He was discussing the USC versus UCLA game that's coming up this weekend, Saturday, twelve thirty at the Coliseum. Hope to see out there. And he was basically talking about how each program is you know they've had a disappointing season. And he's absolutely correct. One of the points that he was that Joel was trying to make, or he was emphasizing, and he was trying to do this on USB beh- on USC's behalf, trying to explain, or at least partially, why USC has struggled this year, why they had such a hard time meeting everyone's expectations, finger quotes or Anticipation. One of the one of the things he was emphasizing, again on USC's behalf, was how the Trojans have lost four out of their last five games. That's not new news, but he was attributing a lot of that to the schedule. Um, as you know, I've been reminding everyone USC has a has a bye week next week after the USC UCLA game, even though the regular season ends. On Saturday, <laughs> so they have a bye week because, according to to Joel, you know, um, they did the unthinkable. Wait for it: the Trojans played nine straight weeks against FBS opponents. I mean, the horror! Right? He literally said that's unheard of. Now, if he's talking about the Nine straight games without a day off. Was he talking about that, or was he talking about you know playing nine straight weeks against FBS teams? Uh, You know, memo to Joel. And you've been a part of this conference. You should know better. You should be familiar with the Pac-12. Your alma mater, Colorado, is well. They were a member of it, as USC was. This is this is not some new phenomenon. USC typically plays nine or 10 games against Power Five conference teams every year. I mean, they play nine conference games plus Notre Dame every year. USC having San Jose State and Nevada on the same schedule, same season schedule, for USC, that's the equivalence of an SEC team playing the Citadel or Eastern Kentucky or Tennessee Tech somewhere halfway through the season and to Joel Klatt's other point scheduling the bye week uh, earlier maybe after six or seven straight weeks that that wasn't going to fix USc's defensive problem you know remember USC had their first bye week of the season after game three after Stanford and then after that they played nine consecutive games well, they're, they're about to play their ninth consecutive game. So, unless Riley was willing to kind of drop the drop the hammer on Alex Grinch after USC lost to Notre Dame, which would have been, what, week seven? And I, you can't really do it then because that's one of the games where, even though USC lost, the defense actually, I don't know, looked better. One of their better games of the season. You know, I've talked about I, I've talked about this before. How you know maybe if Riley waited a couple weeks, how he might have waited a couple of weeks too long uh, before he made it, the change to, to to get rid of Alex Grinch. You know, maybe if he had had the bye week after the Utah game or after the Cal game, maybe he does. You know, let let Alex go. Alex Grinch go sooner. We don't know. If he does, maybe USC has one less loss. But I I think that's what separates USC from the rest of college football. Yes, USC played nine straight games without a break. Again, so what? (laughs) I really don't think that had anything to do with USC's issues this year. But again, that's what separates USC from the rest of college football. They don't play, you know, those division two teams, or jump into the fad of let's host an HBCU program uh, because that looks like the right thing to do. You get an easy win, but it doesn't help your program. And let's be honest, next year's schedule it only gets slightly easier. So if everybody thought USC had a really difficult schedule in 2023, they did. I mean. Their first five games of the year, six games of the year, were you know, essentially what they were, cupcakes. And everyone knew the second half of the season was going to be the tough part. Well, just a reminder, you know, USC jumps into the Big Ten Conference, well, the big conference next year. LSU, Utah State, bye week. Mich- at Michigan, Wisconsin at home. At Minnesota, Penn State at home. At Maryland, Rutgers at Washington, bye week. Nebraska at UCLA, Notre Dame to finish up the season. So as of now, USC and LSU open their seasons in Las Vegas, September 1st. That's a Sunday night, Labor Day weekend. Then USC comes home, they host Utah State, and then they get their first bye week. So in 2023, three games, bye week. 2024, two games, neutral site and home, then their first bye week. And then after that, you're going to have, they're going to play seven straight weeks against FBS opponents. So it's not nine, it's only seven. And then USC will get their second bye week. But again, I don't think their schedule had anything to do with what challenged USC this year. It was the defense. So looking forward to next year, even, you know, once the Trojans complete that row game at Maryland, which is at, uh, October 19th, USC doesn't even leave LA except for a trip up to Washington on November 2nd. And then they get their second bye week of the season. So I actually think they have a pretty reasonable schedule in 2024. Much easier than this year if you're comparing everything. They'll have more travel involved, obviously. But I think the schedule sets up nicely. So everything that I just explained as far as what USc schedule, that's unheard of if you play in the SEC. the The thing that Joel mentioned on his show that really matters the most. This is where USC missed the boat on everything, and nothing to do with having to play nine straight games. When he was done, you know, filling in the the excuses, he got down to the brass facts. USC has the number three scoring offense in the country. They also have the num- the number one hundred and twenty third scoring defense in the country. That's the difference. Those hundred and twenty spots says it all. When you're scoring forty five points a game. If your defense, as a as a team, if you're only giving up twenty seven to twenty eight points a game, you're probably going to come out on the winning side more often than not. They weren't doing that, and it had nothing to do with how their schedule set up. So let's not blame the schedule makers. Let's just say USC had the the opportunity at the beginning of the season to make an adjustment. They didn't do it. It came back, it bit them in the rear end. And now we've got USC versus UCLA this weekend. Bragging rights for the city. Nothing to do with the schedule. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of of battling thousands of other players, including the pros and those sharks who make a living at it, you're going to pick more than or less than on a two- to six-player stat projections, and you're just going to kind of watch the money roll into your account. And now, with the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league. A league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from a different sport or league. For example, let's say Anthony Davis of the Lakers and Amon Rossi Brown of the Detroit Lions. They set the combo at 15 and a half of rebounds and receptions. Any combination of that happening, you win. Price Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second half, that player is rebooted. PricePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So go to PricePix.com forward slash LockedOnCollege and use code College for a first deposit match up to $100. Go to pricepicks.com forward slash LockedOnCollege and use code Lockdown College for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports twenty four seven streaming channel on YouTube. That's right, Locked On Sports today is here for you twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On Plus, our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first-ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right. Hey, everyone. What are the biggest needs for USC this offseason after <laughs> the hiring of USC's uh, new defensive coordinator? What are the biggest needs for this team going forward? Just like this year, the concern for the offense in 2024 is going to be less than what happens on defense. Going into the 2023 season, there was no concern about what was going to happen on offense. Although, as it turns out, there were some concerns. But I don't know if that was had a lot to do with the way USC is kind of stumbling towards the finish line. Everybody knew. The focus had to be on the defense, and that's obviously where the biggest needs are going forward into next season as well. Quarterback battle is going to come down between Miller Moss and Malachi Nelson. Will USC hit the transfer portal to bring in somebody else? Who knows? Uh, There are a bunch of young bodies for the offensive line. However, I think the portal is going to be needed again, just for experience purposes. You're going to be losing some. Of guys, so I don't know how many they're going to go get, but they over the last couple of classes they brought in like ten to thirteen offensive linemen. I think good amount of number. Now, can as far as the offensive line is concerned, um should Jonah come back, Jonah Monheim? I'll say this: if he does, I only want him coming back to play guard or center because he's not going to be playing tackle in the NFL. I mean, he could. Stranger things have happened. But ever since he arrived at USC, he's been projected to be an interior lineman. And, and most thought he'd be center. So we'll see. He is eligible to come back for another year. Wide receiver, running back, no problems there. I, again, as long as Lincoln Riley is USC's head coach, you will always have a quarterback. You will always have a room full of wide receivers. And I've been pretty impressed with his running back recruiting. I know USC was hoping to get a couple of guys in the 2024 class, but <coughs> with uh with Quincy and Marion Peterson, you're you're fine back there. <coughs> Excuse me. Now um I have and I've said this in the past, but it's worth Stating again. I have some of the smartest everyday viewers around. Everyday viewers, listeners on locked on USC. One of them made a really great point regarding what USC needs to do going forward. Uh post the the, the viewer's name, HR picking stuff. I've mentioned it before. Smart dude. Uh and I also, again, I'm a huge Sid and Marty Croft fan myself. So every time I see his little avatar, it's like, I remember. But by far, um, he believes that the biggest weakness on FC's defense in 2023 was the secondary. And I would agree. He also believes that uh, the number one thing USC needs to do to remedy itself in the offseason is they need to bring in an entire new secondary. He wants, these are his numbers, not mine, five cornerback transfers and five Safety transfers. Like he said, you want a whole new room in that secondary. Now, I'm not sure about that number for each group, but I get his point. There does need to be a a significant overhaul uh, of what's going on back there because USC gave up a lot of big plays uh, in the secondary this year. You have returning safeties for sure. Well, I should not say for sure, anticipated. Zion Branch, and Christian Pierce. Caleb bullock has another year of eligibility left, but I think everybody anticipates he's going pro. So that leaves, you've got Anthony Beavers Jr. You have Jalen Smith, who are redshirt sophomores and juniors, respectively. Are they coming back? I, I have no reason to believe why they aren't or shouldn't. I'm just saying, are they coming back? Jalen had a lot of play. Uh, but, you know, Beavers was more of a rotational guy. Started to see some more playing time towards the end of the season. Um, it's hard to tell whether he earned that playing time or it was just, you know, by necessity, next man up. And then What about redshirt sophomore Zamerian Gordon? I mean, I mentioned the name, but you'd never see him on the field. At cornerback, you've got freshman Malachi Crawford. Uh, he used this year as a red for his red shirt. He's been a hurt all season. You have Tracon Tracon Fagans. Uh, he played played last week against Oregon. And he actually played pretty well. Not sure why it took so long to get him on the field, but you know, that's where he was on the depth chart. So he got his opportunity, started to make some plays. Let's not forget his brother. Uh, was it a 2025 commit, so we'll see what happens with Traquan because Enquan um, he decommitted over the summer. Staying with the secondary uh, at cornerback, Sierra Wright I mentioned on the show the other day. Um, he's not with the team right now. And He's dealing with some some personal stuff, so hopefully everything works out for the young man. You know, as right now he's not with the team. Lincoln Riley really didn't. Um, elaborate, but it, what I'm hearing behind the scenes, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Let's just hope everything works out for the young man. Just, he's dealing with some personal issues. You've got Damani Jackson, true sophomore, Prophet Brown, redshirt sophomore, and Jacoby Covington, redshirt junior. Uh, I would anticipate each of those guys are coming back next year. They are all part of the rotation uh, this season. What about Fabian Ross? Look, I, I would think that, you know, he could be one of those guys who just sticks it out and continues to plug along until he gets his opportunity. But going into your third year in the program, we'll see. So I understand where HR Pickett stuff is coming from. But I don't agree with needing to bring in 10 guys through the transfer portal. That's just, its a lot. Because don't forget, you've got Marcellus Williams, and Isaiah Rubin coming in at cornerback. They're, they're committed to the class. Marcelo St. John Bosco, Isaiah Rubin, Los Alamitos High School. And then at safety, you've got three guys. You've got Marquise Gallegos, Bartwright, uh, Jarvis Boatwright Jr., and Braylon Connolly. <coughs> so, <clears throat> Dante Williams uh, on USC, you know, USC's cornerback coach, he, he's He's been known as a an ace recruiter, right? But is it time for a change at the quarterback position coach? Again, a lot of uh a lot of consternation regarding the cornerback play these last couple of seasons. So we'll see going forward what's gonna happen. And then uh, you know, Taylor Mays was made the safeties coach when Alex Grinch was let go. Um you have to imagine that that job's gonna be replaced as well. Linebacker is another area that USC needs to really put an emphasis of focus on during the offseason. By far, the biggest challenge on defense in 2023 behind after the secondary was at linebacker, without a doubt. Um, and what makes it hard. Well, maybe that's the wrong word. What makes it uh, the the concern going forward is this past season, during the summer, you know, as the recruiting trips finished and, you know, the the, the recruits took their visits during the summer, commitments started to be made. And USC, USC was just kind of sitting in the green room the whole time. They never heard their name called. Especially at that linebacker spot, they need to they need to hit the transfer portal hard there because there's just not that many guys out there a linebacker um, that you just want to fill roster spots with. Lincoln Lincoln has talked about in the past, so I can't see him just settling. They need to find some impact linebackers through the transfer portal, and I would say at least a good four or five of them. I mean, you had Tekka Curtis, who struggled as a freshman, but you have to ask, you know, you ask yourself how much of that was him and how much of that was just the scheme that was just making things difficult. You have red shirt freshman Garrison Madden, who has essentially hasn't played since he's arrived at USC. So again, I, I think this is where USC needs to spend a lot of their figure quote free agency money <laughs> during the offseason at linebacker. And while you're there, if you can find two or three uh, 300-pound defensive linemen, bring them along as well. Coach Riley said on Thursday's Zoom call with the media uh, with regards to knowing what the program needs to do more of going forward. Specifically, he he was talking about the defensive coordinator spot. I think there's just a lot more clarity now. You come into this job and you know there's a lot of great things about it. You know, there's going to be challenges just like every other job. And you sometimes don't know what all those are until you get boots on the ground and you go through it a a little bit. And I think now having been through it and kind of knowing where we're at, I definitely have a lot more clarity on it. Sure. I I guess it's more clear now after you you spent another year with Alex Grinch. But I think it was pretty clear going into the season what needed to be done. I get it. You thought you hit you thought you hit the transfer portal in all the right spots. You hit you hit some of the right spots, but did you get everything you needed? You got a couple players rush in and defensive line who really stepped up and play. But not everybody. So you're going to go back, you know what you still need to do. You've got to get that defensive coordinator position figured out, and then start filling the holes. Start filling it in. So 2024 isn't a repeat of 2023. It's now time for your Game Changer of the Week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. We're going to give you two this week. I gave you Taj Washington yesterday. How about Caleb Williams, USC's ultimate game changer? The same way athletic brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game, Caleb has captured the imagination of Trojan fans and college football fans in general, providing something new every time he steps on the field. And he just leaves you wanting more. And because because athletic athletic brewing's brews are non-alcoholic, you can enjoy more of them as well, before, during, or after the game. Athletic brewing makes non-alcoholic. Non-alcoholic brews that actually taste good. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you, or buy them online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers use code Locked On to get fifteen percent off your first online order. That's code Locked On at checkout for fifteen percent off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer. Exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company. Fit for all times. All right, we're here, almost at the end of the show. End of the week, can you believe it? This week has gone by as quickly as this season has gone by. The season is already over. Yeah, you can kind of sense where I'm going with my Friday rant. It literally just felt like yesterday that I was out there for spring ball. Felt like it. The vibe, everybody was feeling it. The longer this thing goes, the better USC is going to get. And I was looking forward to a really long season. Not just 12 regular season games. I wanted that 13th conference championship game. And then I wanted at least another opportunity for two more games. Well, USC is going to get a chance for a 13th game. That's it. And this year, with with better depth, the defense was supposed to be better. They didn't have to be great. They just had to be better than they were in 2022. <clears throat> but man, And <clears throat> the season started and before you knew it, here we are. Same place we started, wishing we had a better defense. And I've got to tell you, as a fan, it's been really hard to appreciate what this team has sacrificed for our entertainment. As a member of the media, I have to find a way to balance both. And I struggle with it; it ain't easy. And I just wanted to make sure that I had the chance to say thank you and appreciate what I watched with this team, and especially with you know Caleb Williams. Last year, you know Caleb, he caught everyone's attention, and he eventually caught the Heisman. (laughs) This year, uh, the fans and the media, um, I, I think we, I think we all allowed our expectations to kind of lead. And uh, that's fine. You know what? I think if you're a USC fan, you should have those, uh, those, and I hate using the word, those high expectations. You should anticipate every year USC challenging for a championship. That's what Lincoln Riley said he came here for, even though sometime earlier in the year he said, I don't know where that narrative started. That happened after a loss. (laughs) He knows where that narrative started. Like I guess we we've been down this road before, Trojan fans. I just wanted to make sure that you know the fans. Make sure you say thank you. I understand being disappointed, but saying thank you is really easy. You actually don't even have to say the word. You just have to show up. That means get to the Coliseum for Senior Day. Get out there for those players who are walking that tribute tunnel at the end of the year, especially the ones, hey, you might even have a couple who are walking it who still have eligibility left. So should Caleb walk out like this is his last game? Are you gonna miss it? You're gonna sit at home? What about Caleb Bullock? All-American. You're gonna sit at home and say, "Thanks thanks from your couch? Remember last year, Shane Lee, he made that walk. And then he came back, and he's a bench player. But he was still a team leader in that locker room. So he's probably going to be walking that walk again. Come out and say thank you for making that sacrifice. And look, he probably should have played more in 2023. The way that linebacker group played, he probably should have. It's not like he could have done any worse, right? Here's something else that I want to get off my chest. And I'm going to have one more opportunity. But before the final regular season ends, put Reggie Bush's Heisman number back up in the pair style. I saw the plans for it at the beginning of the year. Stop tiptoeing around the NCAA. I don't get it. What are you afraid of at USC? What are they going to do to you? Nothing. I don't know, that type of stuff just kind of grinds my gears. USC, you have eight Heisman Trophy awards. They admitted that on national television when Caleb made it number eight. Go watch the film. Chris Fowler says it out loud. USC has eight Heisman Trophies. USC, do the right thing. Stop pretending like you're going to get in trouble if you say his name. Show your fans that you care more about them than what you think about what the NCA does. And I just hope despite, you know, the anticipated weather that more than 60,000 fans show up to send Caleb and the entire team out um, with, their, with your support as a fan. Look, I, I get it. The season didn't go the way we all wanted it to go. That doesn't mean you take your ball and go home. It's the last game of the year. Could be Caleb Williams' last game wearing a Trojan uniform. Get out there. Show your support. Say thank you. All right. I'll be back with another episode after the USC-UCLA game, post-game reaction. And I'll be back with another five episodes next week. When you're done making a lock on USC, your first listen every day, You know where I'm at over there on wearerc.com. A lot of good written content. And then don't forget to check out the uh, the new live streaming, Locked On Sports 24-7. Any college Locked On YouTube channel, you'll find it. So until then, everyone, you know what to do.